We did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. Guess what, guys? The Bucks are in the Super Bowl. Yes! <laughs> Go ahead and start off just like that. That's what I'm telling. Usually, of course, I defer to my beautiful ladies and ask them their tip check, but I just want y'all to know whatever the most perfect weather in the world is, that's how I'm feeling. Because it was a world of people who counted out the old man, Tom Brady, at 43 years old and said he was trash, living in a city where the Super Bowl is happening and the host team has made history by being the first team to ever play in the Super Bowl. I am feeling great. How are you ladies feeling? I don't know nothing about the football or the Super Bowl or all the things. I did know that it was here in Tampa and that the Bucks were going and they're playing the Chiefs. That's about as all as I know. And I was telling my friend that she was giving me the business about Tom Brady and the Bucks, but I won't even repeat none of that because I don't want to sell your mood, EB. And I don't know the things to be true, so I won't even repeat them. But people be hating. That's all I know. And I saw that on your social media, EB, they coming for you and they be hating on you and your team. But we ain't going to let that rain on our parade today. My mood is swell. I'm swell today. I don't think I use that word enough. I don't know what swell means to most, but I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm well. I'm swell. That's me. I'm not going to lie, Evie. I was one of those people who hopped on the train at the last minute. I am committed (laughs) to what I see on the TV. So if I'm not watching football, I don't have a team. But every year on the Super Bowl, I'd be one of the loudest people in the room. I just go with whatever my favorite color is, which is why I was really sad that the Chiefs got in because now I'm like, they're both red. What am I supposed to wear? Who am I supposed to cheer for? Obviously, I'm going to cheer for the Bucks. I'm excited. I don't care about the back history and all that. I'm back on my, (laughs) does Tom Brady have a shoe? Let me buy it. I'm all about it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see his version of the last dance. I don't know what it's going to be called. I'm here for it. My mood is definitely the sister act version of Oh Happy Day because you know things are going better, right? We had this beautiful inauguration. All the Tampa teams are top tier. It's just beautiful weather around here. And at the beginning of that song, they kind of start out like, okay, it's a vibe. And then by the end, they're super lit. I just Mm -hmm. feel like that's where I am. It's early in the season, early in the year, but I can tell it's going to be a great one. So that's where I am today. My only thing is I'm not that happy about the Super Bowl being here in Florida. When I heard that, I'm like, I don't need that energy here. It just be sounding like a whole bunch of confusion, a whole bunch of traffic, a whole bunch of hoodlums, people causing ruckus. But I'm praying because of the pandemic that would tamper and dampen some of the energy that normally comes with the Super Bowl. But I don't really live down in that area. So I'm praying that I will miss all the hullabaloo and that I will not. I'm just pulling out all the words today. (laughs) Rarely use words, but yeah. Even without the Super Bowl being here, people are already caught up. I passed by, I don't know what Doug and I were doing. Some outdoor place, maybe it was like Soho or something. When I tell you pack restaurants, no mask, like Florida, Tampa, let's get it together. I'm not so much worried about the Super Bowl because one thing America can do, we care about our sport. Even during the pandemic, we were like, we're going to make sure this works. With those sort of things, they're coordinated so far in advance. It's kind of like a well-oiled machine. Evie can probably speak to that a little better than I can. But I think it would be fine. And I'm like you, Sharika, I no longer live anywhere close to there, which is why 
my friends who live on the other side of town, I was like, y'all gonna have to zoom me in y'all Super Bowl party. Cause I'm not trying to fight the traffic on the way back home. I can't do it. They definitely lock in in various areas as far as, you know, trying to make it the best as possible, especially with people from literally all across, at least across the nation um, this year. I don't know if people like, cause I know if you come from another country, you have to have a negative test for coming into a, our country or whatnot. But in the past decade, this will be the third time that it's been in Tampa. 2001 and 2009, it was in Tampa. So I think the city is, in a sense, well-prepared. Florida didn't close really well, during the pandemic. Yes. So. It just brings a lot of people into the city. We had enough. The traffic be enough. And now we get more people. People going to be wanting to eat at the restaurants. And I do live in the area that got all the food places and everybody already be over there. So that's just the stuff I'm not looking forward to. But if it brings a little more money into our little economy over here, that's a good thing. And so I'll just look on the bright side in that way. Makes sense. Who we bring it to the, to the table? Who, who's our kickback invite this week? You know, we're talking about the inauguration. So I was just like, you know what? Who better to start our episode and to invite to our kickback other than our VP, Kamala D. Harris. She is the American politician and attorney who is the 49th current VP. And let's just stop there for a second. Obviously, the first female, not just the first woman of color, but the first female, you know what? Let's just say that she's the first non-white man to be the vice president of the United States of America. It's 2021. It took us a long time to get to this point, but we've made it. We've actually crossed the barrier, broken that glass ceiling, and also, you know, paved the way for others to come behind her. A member of the Democratic Party, she served as the United States Senator for California, from 2017 to 2021, and as the Attorney General of California from 2011 to 2017. She's a Howard University graduate. I know one of my really good friends went to Howard. They're so excited. She's an AKA. All the divine nines are excited. I have a question. Is her husband the second man? What is he? Who is he? Yes, the second oh, he's a uh, he's a second gent gentleman. I didn't know that that role had a title or not, but I didn't want to disrespect that man and call him the first man or whatever out outside of his little uh, position he holds. Now, she is of uh, South Asian American descent as well as African American descent. She is really a woman of class and dignity. She got a lot of more patience than I do because if you've seen those debates, some people was coming for her. She had to complete quietly and repeatedly remind Pence that she was talking she was talking and so obviously she's not going to let these people run over her and i think we need a vice president who has the ability to hold their own and i believe that this woman can do that and so that is why today kamala d harris is oh excuse me let me put some respect on her name Vice President Kamala D. Harris is invited to our kickback. Yes, very incredible journey she's had. And it's just exciting to be a part of history in this way. We're all a part of history, but you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, Some things we wish we could be exempt from, but true. It's definitely exciting to witness it. So not necessarily in a shock of what happened in 2008, but it was like, yeah, I think this is possible, especially after you saw... Uh, what the former president Barack Obama did in 06 at the DNC speech and then watched the way he carried himself. He was just like, no, he really has potential to make this happen. Um, and then you saw people, at least for me, people older than me or um, more experienced, more wiser, was just like, it broke them down of like, this really happened in my lifetime. Mm. Like, 
you know, these are people who lived through the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And it was just like, there's no way this could ever happen. And that's how I kind of felt that time for, of course, women, but also women of color. And to watch mm-hmm. the way she handled herself on the campaign trail as a presidential mm-hmm. nominee or a presidential candidate. And then to watch the way that she gracefully accepted the invitation to be Joe Biden's VP and the way she handled herself at that stage as well definitely was like a, a heartwarming feeling. And then knowing that, like Sabrina just said, this part of history and being able to witness it. Like this is something that I talk to my nieces and nephews about. This is something that I can talk to my future kids about. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I would just say it just because I know some people don't like to say what they do or what they don't do in ballot boxes, but I played a role in history. Yeah. I voted for the first female vice president. I voted for the first black South Asia, whatever you want to call her. Um, as far as, I'm not saying whatever as in call her whatever you want, but I'm saying whatever title you want to give her, because I'm just going to call her, she black to me. She look black. Like, <laughs> girl, you girl, see how when she was coming down there with the with the band? No, you saw your girl getting down. I kept asking my little group chat and my sorority sisters, I was like, so so when the pro date happening? Where's the step team at? <laughs> <laughs> if it was slave days, the one drop rule, don't act like that. Because I know some of y'all are like, oh, well, she's South Asian. Nope. Because if it was back in the day, she would have been either a house slave or she would have been in the fields picking cotton. Like that one drop rule, keep that same energy that y'all been keeping for, for the past 400 years. So that's what she is to me. And that's what don't I'm keep it. her at. No, keep it. Even your friend Jay-Z said in his song, Sharika, still a, you know what? <laughs> you right. That's the problem, though. We need them to get rid of this energy from the 400 years, and we need to be treated with more dignity and respect. We're going to talk about the inauguration. As always, this was a momentous occasion. Before we get fully into the inauguration, how did y'all feel that your boy Trump said he wants showing up? I thought it was sad. Jeez Louise, I know how divisive he's been, but even towards the end, I didn't think it was surprising, but even at the end, he didn't have the decency to be there for that transfer of power. He's gonna hold on to that lie as tight and as long as he can. I mean, we talked about this briefly on the podcast last week, but just that image of when former President Barack Obama and Michelle were helping Melania up the steps. They were on either side of her and Trump was just trailing ahead. You know, they had the decency to do that and you had the whole birther movement You have so many negative things to say, but once again, when they go low, we go high, right? I wasn't surprised by this classless act, but the fact that he wasn't there, I felt like it was like a little, a rainy cloud was over America. Like, how dare you? You're going to continue to make us look bad. For me, it was definitely similar. But the funny part is, which people don't realize, is the way that it came out. Like, it's not like he had a speech or a resounding moment of like, this is what's going to happen. He did what he was doing best, and he hopped on that little bird app called Twitter, and he tweeted, and he let the world know that he wasn't coming. So part of me feels exactly how Sabrina feels. Then the other part of me was just like, if the day is in a sense about America, and the day is about unity, no beef to any other person who was there or who played a role, but we know that the main part of that entire day of the inauguration is highlighting the president and the vice president. And of course, you know, you ask the the host, I guess, like, hey, somebody's not coming. How do you feel? And my dog, Joe Biden, said it's a good thing him not showing up. It's one of the few things him and I have ever agreed on. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. And then the funny part is because my dog did show up. And I say my dog, he's not really my dog. I don't know um, Vice President Pence like that. But he said, how did he feel about Pence attending? Biden said, he's welcomed. <laughs> 
And I was just like, that's the, that's the pettiness I aspire to be like. When you're going to let you know, like, you wasn't invited anyways. I don't care if you don't come. And that's the funny mm-hmm. part because we sit here and be like, you know, it's not like Biden came out and said, hey, I don't want you to attend because you're going to distract from my moment. But he said mm-hmm. he wasn't coming. So then he clapped his hand and said, I agree with you on this one thing. And it's best that he didn't show up. We saw the way that the Bernie meme took over. I can only imagine what Trump meme would have been like, just because I can only, oh like, his face expression, like during the speech, I could mm-hmm. see him doing like a shoulder shrug or just a lost face. Like he can't mm-hmm. stay in that one stoic or focused mood just because that's not his personality. And which is good because you don't want somebody to be fake and, you know, but I think it would have distracted a lot of what we were able to experience. I totally agree. I was happy he didn't come. If he was a decent person and if he did have respect and if his motives were for more of unity and more for the people, I wouldn't have cared, you know, what party he represented if he was going to come there be, and be a decent human being. He wasn't going to come there and be decent. He just don't got that in him. He's real petty. He's real childish. And if he was there, he would have made it about him as always. And I was just like, you know, we didn't need him there. Your time is now up. So go on and be about your business and go on somewhere else. Because like E.B. said, he would have been over there making a foolish face and all the news would have been about him and which is what he wants. I don't know if he thought people was going to beg him to be there. I don't know what he what he thought was going to happen, you know, when he said he wasn't coming. But I'm glad Biden was like, and we didn't want you because we didn't try to get to a parade and all that. Sir, Bye. That's why I think he thought he wanted to have like these dueling moments and the government Mm -hmm. was like, are you going to be paying for that? Or you're not? Okay, so this is a budget. (laughs) You can get on this plane. You're going to have this and then it will be what it is. In this same vein, how did you guys feel about the fact that Melania didn't write the letter. You know, all first ladies has written a letter to the incoming first lady. Melania said, not only am I not writing the letter, the tour, you can forget it. Yeah, I didn't stress that too much. One, I didn't stress it because he didn't write a letter. Some people, I don't expect them to be as in a way that we saw from the Obamas, the Bushes, the Clintons, the other Bush, the Carters, we go on and on, Reagans, where everybody kind of like Nixon has done this thing. So I don't necessarily, I didn't expect that, I guess. And then as far as the tour, I'm not stressing that too much because it's just like, even though you ain't live here, live here, you done been here before. You know what this looks like. It's like somebody right now saying, hey, I got a new job in y'all building, but they worked here like 10 years ago. I ain't giving them no tour. The stuff that I do for myself or what I would do, I wouldn't expect it from someone who has acted in the way that certain individuals have acted or the way that their persona of their entire family is, their name, that stigma that it has. This is not their personality. This is not their behavior. They're not a sense. They don't seem to be people who are either genuine or generous. So it's like, I don't really have too many high expectations on the way they move. It was just very telling because so many times people have tried to say they are two separate people. She isn't him. We cannot Mm. want her in. And for me, it was like, but can't we? And this is an example of that. She could have done the right things. And she repeatedly, she she loves her man. She's right there by him. And she's complicit. I don't, I wouldn't go that far, but. Girl, she's right there by, by him, has his whole child. Girl, you act like people have a whole children with people they don't love all the time. Like my buddy Kevin says, says, I give it a whole year. I'm sure she will be divorced or filing, filing them papers before the year. So I think all she was trying to do is get me out of here. I ain't writing no letter. I ain't giving no tour. I want to be done. I want to be out. I want people to be better. I want people to have a sense of decency. And you know what? Put their selfishness, put their pride to the side and do what's right. But some people just can't. 
And obviously they can't. Birds of feather flock together. That's and also, I do feel like, you know, when your spouse is acting up and you allow it, you just as bad as them. We don't know if she is. Like, I wouldn't expect you don't know if her she is what? calling him out. We don't know what goes on in that crib. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Like, I, I wouldn't expect her to call him out via social media. We, we don't know what happened. So I'm not going to say she's not. Like, if you saw when they landed in Florida, you saw he stopped and wait one. You saw she changed clothes on that flight that people won't notice. That flight from D.C. to, to Florida, she definitely didn't have the same outfit on. It wasn't that simple mm-hmm. black. or that She had colorful, like, yes, I'm, mm-hmm. in, my, I'm in my own Freedom, freedom outfit. And then she was just like, yeah, I'm not stopping the wave. She just kept on walking as if, like, no, we're not mm-hmm. going to come on. Like, my four years are up. What well, are you I'm doing? done. You're not the president anymore. It's over. So I don't know what goes on. I would hope that she's been running. off of him though. She's been pulling away. She's been swatting his hand. She's been not trying to be putting up with it. She's been done. And now she's like, I'm officially done. I read that she renegotiated her prenup right after, like right before, right after he won the presidency. So I thought that was interesting because I was like, hmm, he said, oh, you got me on the first lady stuff? I'm gonna need more money. Sis was just done with it all. And she was like, I'm not writing any letter, you know, because you are, y'all already come for me every time I speak. Y'all come for me with everything I say. Y'all come for me with everything I write. What's the point? Why write the letter? Y'all know y'all don't like me and I don't really like y'all. And I'm out of here and I'm done with this. I'm sure there's some, you know, a little intern or some somebody that can give Dr. Jill a little tour. I'm sure there were some other people who wrote her some nice welcoming letters, probably more genuine, which is what we need anyway. How did y'all feel about like the whole spirit of it, the energy throughout overall? Like what was your feelings or thoughts about the inauguration? It's like you really felt something different. Like a boulder was literally lifted off of my shoulder, I felt like, or like something was like leaving my body. And I'm not talking about it in no creepy way, but it was mm-hmm. just like the vibe is different. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like you go into, at least for me, the way I felt was it's like you go into a party and somebody was like, acting a fool in the party. And it's just like, see, now you're blowing the vibe. Like, why are you so loud? Why are you acting crazy? Why are you standing on these people's table? You don't live here. Like, why are you hooting and hollering and tweeting and shouting? And it's just like, you just making everything work. And then once somebody comes through and say, hey, you got to go. And then that person leave and it's just like, hey, celebration. Or in the past, I would say maybe at least 20 years, because that's when it felt like I was old enough to see what goes on via AOL, um, you know, because you got to put in that CD for your one hour of internet time or <laughs> MySpace or Facebook or Twitter. But it was like that moment where the person acting up on the plane and then when they acting up, either police come through or the flight attendant say, well, you got to go. And then everybody on the plane start clapping. That was the vibe Cheering. I felt from the inauguration of just like, we did it. We did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> I was thinking the exact thing when you said that. It was just like a, a sense of peace um, and also a sense mm. of great hope. It's a weird thing that you see it, whether it be tweets or comments from people who consider themselves believers or individuals of the faith who seem to be expecting perfection from politicians. Like, I'm not expecting perfection, but I am Mm -hmm. expecting some form of decency from leaders, global leaders who people look up to. And it's not like I'm looking to, I wasn't looking for to Trump as an inspiration. I don't necessarily will say I'm looking towards Biden for inspiration, but I know there's young kids who are in elementary, middle school, and high school, they're looking at the president of the U.S. and just like, that's how you act? And that's the part that always gets me. So I don't know. I feel a sense of peace, and I felt like the vibe was just different. It was on point. I just felt like we turned a corner. It was just like, 
a breakthrough. And like you said, it's, I don't put any great, like all my hopes and dreams and prayers into this new change. I think I'm an optimistic person. And when change comes, I'm always like, hopefully it'll be okay. Like you may have your trepidations or your reservations. Like even though Trump was president and I don't like him, I was like, maybe he won't be as bad as he seems. I mean, it turned out that he was, but you know, there's like this hope that I did feel at the, the inauguration. I felt the spirit of unity trying to break through all the confusion and disunity that the country has had over the past few years, I feel optimistic. That was the spirit that was there. Like, let's turn the corner. Let's let us be uplift. Let's be positive. Let's speak life and not death and destruction. I was nervous because in my mind, I just knew something bad was going to happen. I knew somebody was going to get assassinated or a mob was going to come out. But I felt very happy that DC was prepared or either the lights went on for the people who were all about creating that sort of chaos and they just were like, you know what, we're going to chill out. Either that or they saw my girl <laughs> got pushed out and they, they said, okay, not me and not today. So I felt joyful. Actually, it was EB who allowed me to watch some of it in real time because I was at work and he was like, hey, this person at work has it playing. And when I tell y'all, I had no shame. I grabbed my little work computer and went right on to where it was showing. And that was a nice moment too, because I work with people who are on both sides of the political aisle and right up and down the middle. But it was nice that everybody in there could speak to just that feeling of we're turning a corner. This is a beautiful moment. This is a hopeful moment, right? Because like you guys were saying, I don't look to political leaders to be Jesus, to be people of faith even. I do look to them to be decent and to be held to a certain accountability, right? We can be the lights of the world. The church is in a building like I can be the light. We pray and we fast and we do those things and those kind of things can change the policies we like or don't like or we feel very convicted and strongly about. But all that being said, this is a good thing. It is a great thing that the Trump era is over and I truly hope it remains over. I was a little sad to see that Sarah um, Huckabee, whatever her name was, the former speaker of the house is running for governor. And I hear whispers that some of his children may run in the future. And I really hope it doesn't happen. His era was a really dark time for our country. And I just want it to be over and let's move forward. Definitely, definitely, I agree. What did you guys think about Biden's speech? <laughs> We did it again, Joe. <laughs> I love his, I don't know if you guys watch his acceptance speech. I did. When he first won. I'm not so much a crier. You guys know I'm an emotional person. I wear my heart on my sleeve, but I'm not so much of a crier, but I cried that moment. And I cried during this speech. I mean, there's so many moments where I didn't even know the burden that was on me. And people want to say this or mm. that or whatever else, but even though I just said, you know, yes, the political leader does not have to be the Pope, right? But to mm -hmm. hear him incorporate scripture in a way that lets me know he's actually read his Bible. You know, this isn't just things falling out. This isn't a two Corinthians moment in front of a church. Like this is someone who has a genuine connection to a faith that obviously I identify with. And there is just a lot of hope in it. And there's a lot of like, I'm not going to gloss over the bad things that have happened, which I appreciate because sometimes when people mm. call for unity, they're like, you know what? The past is the past. I remember I was in a, 
I was in a heated discussion with someone once who definitely had done me wrong. And they were like, what do you mean? And when I brought up the examples, they were like, but that was the past. I'm like, no, this is why we're here today. Like, <laughs> this is relevant. So I think he did that in a really classy way. I love the call for unity. I love the, I'm not just a Democrat president. I'm everybody's president. And I want to, I'm working as hard as I work for the people who voted for me as the people who didn't vote for me to say those things, to keep it like, you know what? It's not just about a popularity contest. And if you don't like me, F you, which was some of the energy we got before. It was like, you know what? We're in this together. We're going to do, we need to do better together. And also the energy of like, if you don't like it, you just don't like it, but we still going to be, this is still going to be the energy that we have here. We're still going to be positive here. We're still going to be unified here. You can come along. We want you to come along. But if you don't want to, you know what? I'm still going to do the right thing and still be the president for you either way. You know, I just love the upliftedness, but also, you know, like you said, calling out the things that were wrong, but not in a like nasty, catty, like, you know, disparaging way, but just being real about what has been and now what your hopes and what you plan to do for the future. I, I really enjoyed his speech. I can't say that I listened to many of the previous president's speech, but I sure was here for this one. And I definitely appreciated what he said. Him just calling for a sense of unity is very, very gratifying to me. Because again, it's somebody who you just don't know, but whether he genuinely believes it or not, it just mind boggles me that people will find a way to nitpick at any little thing that a person says. But in that same vein, those people didn't find a way to nitpick in what we've all experienced the past four years. And they're just like, how could you find something negative or bad out of what was just shared? Like, I felt like he used a lot of real examples of things that people were facing or are facing within this world, whether it comes to mortgage or healthcare or fear of this virus or frustration or unemployment. And it's just like, racism and just like so many practical examples I'm just like tell me how you really feel right now mm-hmm. if you're not on the same page of what he just shared now if he execute those that'll be something we can hold him accountable for in the future but in this moment of day one like even half the day like you already expecting the world to get flipped upside down like you've been at your job for x amount of years and you still haven't accomplished anything like this man in day one and it wasn't even a whole day. Like he play around for the morning. My dog went to church. He was chilling. Like you, you do all types of stuff from the morning up until 12. And then you listen to other people share about either what they feel or how they think about you and your VP. And then it's that moment. And it's just one of those, you know, you just shake your head and be like, okay, I get it. People, you're just not going to be on this wave regardless. But guess what? Is some people on surfboard, and we definitely on this wave right now of hoping and praying for a sense of unity within our nation. And like you said, shout out to him highlighting scripture. Like he has said, the weeping may endure for the night and the joy comes in the morning. I was like, okay. In the acceptance speech for him a couple of months ago, he incorporated the verse about rising on eagles' wings so yeah. beautifully. 
Yeah. Speak some life, right? So that's definitely how I thought about his speech. Out of the whole inauguration, all the singing, the poetry, the speeches, like what to you was like the most moving part? Girl, you already know what we're going to say, but I'm yeah. going <laughs> to let y'all say it. <laughs> we are probably all going to be on the same page, but I'm going to back up a little bit because who else was surprised that J-Lo was singing? When I think singer of all the singers, I'm like, J-Lo? Beautiful woman, an amazing dancer, <laughs> not the best singer, but she actually did fine. I was just surprised. Yeah, I wasn't expecting J-Lo, but I'm also not surprised at J-Lo. I, I said, you know, they got to get the multicultural up in here. Take that for however you want to take it. But that's how I felt. I'm like, they're trying to bring unity. And so they want to bring a Latin woman to sing. They got, you know, the country guy for all the rednecks out there. Let's get Garth here. You know, let's soften them up a little. And everything, the whole lineup was the unity for, for me. Amanda the poetry. Her moisturizing or whatever, because I thought that was a child. I did not even know that was a grown woman. I was like, oh, they got the little baby up here. I'm looking, look at them giving her such a prestigious role. And not that to to diminish anything. When she it was a grown woman. All regal. First of all, she did. Marley she did. Chris and the little gold things and the head wrap. I said, yes, sis. Be openly <laughs> black on this stage today i was i didn't yep. even hear her speak and i knew it was going to be fire and that's probably why she had on yellow and red because she said red. listen if you don't know <laughs> we all can be talking about it. <laughs> she, you're you're so right sheree because she looked absolutely stunning completely appropriately dressed i mean just in the sense of this is the inauguration there's so many choices you can make i just felt like it was so regal and her words just line yep, after so line powerful. after line words full of hope and unity a great way of integrating our history and uh, desires mm -hmm. of what's to come I just thought wow and to hear that she was only halfway done with her poem when the insurrection happened and that inspired the second half can you imagine the mm. pressure and the emotion Girl, that came no. with that and she handled it so beautifully. I mean, oh. you know, you're right, though. I was like, had that be me? I'm like, well, um, I'm just going to go with what I've been going with because I'm too scared to start with something new or try to add something extra in. I'm going with the original plan. But yeah, that's why they picked her, not me. She did an excellent job, just a sense of authority in her words, being confident in what she was saying. And it was so powerful, it was so moving. That was definitely also one of my highlights, which is because I know some people, of course, she. She's a, a poet, but for me, the way she, I guess you could say delivered or presented, so to speak, it had me in my spoken word space of just saying, felt like it was one of my peoples, not mm. just because she looks like me, but as far as just that, uh, that art form of being able to put thoughts into words on paper and to be able to deliver it in a way like nobody else can. Like, and I try to always tell people that, especially when you're, you're either writing, of course, a person can easily take your words and do their best to deliver it but when it's you and it's something you're passionate about it's yeah. like it's no comparing it or handing off your work to someone else so for her to be able to just i don't know she killed it like that was literally my highlight no beef to joe biden's speech no beef to kamala no beef to court justice roberts like none of those people who took time to step to the podium yeah she just stole the show 
You know who else stole the show? My second favorite. You know we gonna talk about it. My girl, Michelle. When I tell you she okay. came through with the three-piece outfit, the only thing that kind of annoyed me about the conversation surrounding how amazing she looked is I saw so many people making it about her hair. Was it her hair? Was it not her hair? When JLo had three horses on the back of her head and no one had anything to say, I just felt like, you know, how come with other national, I mean, also Gaga had some form of extensions around her. Oh, you know, other she na- nationalities were not taking away from just the complete look, making it about their hair. But with Black women, it's like, does it make it less if it was hers or not? No, she looked amazing. And guess what? Black women, we can get blowouts too. Don't let these kinky curls fool you, okay? We get the heat up there and we'll be blowing in the wind and all that. Body yada yada, <laughs> like Sharika said. So that's why they call it magic because it can do a whole bunch of different things. Michelle looked amazing. And that was definitely another one of my highlights. Probably, you know, it's a superficial highlight, but I'll claim it, I'll own it. She looked amazing. She was killing it in that burgundy on that brown skin, okay? That burgundy and gold belt set outfit off. I'm not always a huge fan of high-waisted pants, but you know, when it comes to fashion, before Michelle, I don't remember money fashion. Well, I guess back in the day, um, I was going to say, I don't remember a lot of people talking about a lot of the fashion of the White House, but I do remember, was it Kennedy's wife? Yeah. People, but since Jackie O... We haven't heard too much about the fashion of the White House. Most people don't really care. The women haven't been stepping it up to a point where we're like, oh, sis, yes. We're just like, eh, okay. Dr. Jill and Kamala came with the White House standard, ready for the occasion. Michelle said, I'm not there anymore. I'm coming to visit. I don't live there. So I'm coming to show out. And I love all the memes, like the one where it was like, Michelle, what are you wearing to the inauguration? She's like, girl, I haven't even gone to the store yet. Always be that one. And then maybe be the one that show up and be shown out. You be like, you know you had that outfit picked out. And you know you was ready to slay. And you was over here trying to play cool. Like, we ain't know you was ready to have it all the way together. And that's how she played it. And that's how she came. And Sis was all the way live with it. And of course, Barack Standard, you know, he just, he always looked great. I loved all the men with the long black coats and the scarves it made mm-hmm. me want to live in a cold place again so i could you know play dress up with my husband i just love fall and winter fashion michelle obama shout out to her tailor christy dylan she is amazing and she dropped the youtube video of letting y'all know what she did to michelle's coat where it wasn't just like flapping in the wind like she had you know mm. put some stuff together that's why she was gracefully just gliding down those stairs and then of course shout out to vice president kamala harris I, don't, I guess he'll be nephew-in-law. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but my daughter had the J's on. One of the homies, B, posted it on his social media. But I had people when he was walking down the field. I was like, man, really came to the inauguration with some J's. Like, mm-hmm. it's the Dior ones. Like, you literally can just put in Dior ones, and I'll, I'll take a good guess. I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I'm pretty sure it would pop up. But he tied into the family. And that would probably be the other fashionable moment for me, just because, you know, I'm always locked in on J's. And fashionable moment. Y'all ain't finna do my dog or ignore him. But my boy Bernie and those mittens. I was coming for him, BB. I was coming for him. He said, I'm dressed for this cold behind weather. I'm not here to look cute. I'm wearing the warmest thing, the biggest coat. 
I'm not here for the fashion. I'm here for this weather. I'm old. I'm frail. You know the cold comes straight through these bones, and I'm not going to sit out here and be trying to be cute with y'all. And shout out to the person who made it for him, one of his hometown people in Vermont, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he highlighted them, and he was just like, he didn't, and of course, she didn't expect it to get all that love. <laughs> It definitely set the world on fire, as some would say. Yeah, his vibe was definitely different. Shout out to him. Because that's another thing, right? You got to think about it. So one person, and you know, you can, especially for our listeners, you can read between the lines and figure it all out. But you got to think, one person loses and doesn't show up to the event. Other people lost throughout the process. And mm-hmm. one became vice president. One still showed up in support. Others found themselves in some form of either cabinet seat or some high-profile position within the, this new administration. And it's just like, if you, I, I might be wrong, but if you really cared about this country as you say you do, wouldn't you want the best mm-hmm. for the country? And that's the part that always get me, that some people don't care about the country. Some people care about the fame that yeah. comes with being in power exactly. within the country. And I would say another moment that I took away from it was, your supervisor might not show up, son, because I don't really call nobody bosses like that. And I would encourage y'all not to call nobody y'all boss either. But we can have a whole other conversation about that. But one person didn't show up, but the VP did. And my dog was just mm-hmm. locked in the whole time. And he was just like, I ain't on whatever train he on. And like, I was almost about to die. People came looking for me. Terrorists came through my workplace, tearing stuff up. And he ain't even called me to check in on me. We ain't talked for four or five days after like, of course I'm showing up. I ain't got no love for him or whatever he got going on. So shout out to Vice President or former Vice President Mike Pence for being in attendance as well. About time you stood up for something, Pence. If you haven't checked it out, you know it's on the interwebs. Go look up some of these things. This was a historical moment. Hopefully you, you're able to, like Evie says, share this with the future generations. This, this happened in your lifetime. All right, Sabrina, what you got for the people today? If I were to ask you guys, what is the most important voice you'll ever hear in your life? How would you guys respond? Rapid fire. Oh. Just, just say the first okay, thing. Okay, fine. I won't think too much. The first thing I was thinking is the voice of the Lord. Okay, Evie. I would say the same voice of God. But if I were to say a, a person who I can physically touch, I would love to sit under former President uh, Barack Obama or the Pope. Okay. And my other one was going to be your mama. <laughs> so... We aren't going in any of those directions today as we hone in on a quote from Willie Mays, who's a famous baseball player. He says, what you are thinking, what shape your mind is in is what makes the biggest difference of all. So when we consider that the most important voice one hears in his or her life is a voice that is with them from the very beginning to the end. And that is their own voice. Self-talk is the conversations that you have with yourself. It can come in the form of instructions or reinforcement or interpreting feelings or perceptions. We're just going to focus today a little bit on the impact of self-talk. So for example, if you're in a situation and you say to yourself, oh my goodness, what an idiot I am. I'll never win now. The direct impact of that is anger, hopelessness, increase muscle tension because all these things are connected right and impacts your body which then directly impacts how you act but in that same situation if you say to yourself something like i may have lost that one but i'm going to keep my eyes on the prize because this day this month this year isn't over the direct impact of that is 
better concentration, optimism, calmness. Another example of that, you might say something to yourself like, I'll never get back to where I was. This sucks. And once again, you'll go straight into hopelessness or anger or frustration, right? And this can all impact your heart rate, the tension in your body, all those sort of things. And in that same situation, you could flip it and say something like, this is a type of experience that just takes time to heal. So I need to continue to work hard. And then from there, the direct impact is optimism, motivation, and increased effort. So this week, listeners, I want you to just take some time and figure out what you are saying to yourself. It matters. It makes a huge impact. And we'll come back in next week as we continue our mini series on self-talk. I appreciate you bringing that to our minds and something that we can ponder on through this week. Shout out to my undergrad degree. Shout out to the University of South Florida. Part of that self-talk is something that I remember hearing and focusing in on during um, just one of my courses, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when sometimes Mm. when people hear self-fulfilling or they hear prophecy, like their mind goes into a million, I guess you could say different places, but a self-fulfilling prophecy is the socio-psychological phenomenon of someone predicting or expecting something in this prediction or expectation coming true simply because the person believes it will and the person's resulting behaviors aligned to fulfill that belief. So you end up having some form of belief and then that belief goes into influence, that influence dives into expectation, expectation dictates or influences behavior and then it influences the results and then you reinforce that belief. So it's like, if you think negative thoughts, then likely negative things will happen. If you think positive thoughts, then positive things will happen. Um, If you think highly of yourself, and I'm not talking in a prideful or egotistical way, you think like, hey, I'm confident in what I'm doing. It's a good chance that you'll be successful in that. That doesn't mean a self, like, don't go crazy with it. Like, I know I'm going to win the lotto. And then you go in debt playing (laughs) because it's you and a million other people doing the same thing. But like thinking of what are your goals and how do you, how do you speak to yourself? And how do you put that out into the world? How, How are you speaking to other people? So when she was saying that, the first thing that literally popped in my head was like, hey, that's like similar to self fulfilling prophecy in psychology. Mm. So shout out to that. Now, what I'm expounding on today is something that came across my timeline the other day. And I was just like, I got to talk about this on the pod. First question is, and this is for you two ladies and for uh, our listeners, if you're at odds with someone who passes away, what is one of the first things that goes through your mind? Similar, rapid fire. What, what's, what's something that pops into your mind? I'm going to hit you with a frozen, let it go, let it go. Maybe regret. Okay. Around this time, Hank Aaron has just passed away. Larry Mm -hmm. King has just passed away. We Mm -hmm. actually are recording on the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's passing. But this is about Larry King. So if you don't know Larry King, I would encourage you to go look him up. And you could probably put Larry King name in in your favorite celebrity. And it's a good chance through his 50,000 or so interviews He's interviewed one of your people. Now, for those of you who are from the Gen Z crowd, it's a good chance he probably didn't interview your people. Um, But if there's somebody that's a little older who you aspire to be like or who you admire or who's a role model of yours, you probably, it's it's a good chance he probably got an interview with him. And then there's a guy by the name of Pierce Morgan, who is very, very, Mm. um, I guess you could say world renowned and a voice within the world of journalism and interviewing and broadcasting. So my dog tweeted the other day, Larry King was a hero of mine until we fell out after I replaced him at CNN. 
And he said, mm. my show was like watching your mother-in-law go over a cliff in your new Bentley. He married eight times, so a mother-in-law expert. He was a brilliant broadcaster and a masterful TV interviewer. So that's all his tweet was. And Pierce Morgan got all type of flax for that because it was just like, what is going on? We didn't need that. This man <laughs> just passed away, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. But I know some people may not agree with me because it's like, no, the person passed away. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? Why is that even on your mind? Why can't you be like Sabrina and let it go? Why can't you be like Sharika and have some form of regret that this person is no longer here? But if you subscribe to the beliefs of EB, and this is not like no theology or nothing like that, but <laughs> something that I will always tell people is to keep that same energy. He also went on to elaborate. He didn't do it in his tweet, but in his interview, he was like, he know how I felt. And so part of me is like, well, if he know how you felt, you didn't have to tell the world how you felt. That's between you and whatever Pierce Morgan, I guess you could say, believes in. But when I read it, I was just like, what the shade? Because my dog said he made <laughs> eight times. What an expert. I didn't even know the man got married eight times. I didn't even know that was possible. Like, see, there's some stuff that I would say definitely need to stay out of people's business in. But that might be one of them when we say, hey, you got a three married limit. If you ain't figured out by the third time, you need to stop. Because <laughs> stretch you out. Yeah. This this eight, eight you know how many, like eight. I can't even that is a lot. girlfriends, let alone eight different marriages. Like that's that a lot. Wild. My reason for expounding on that is because of and I dive straight into my we recommend. So it's not like a, a video or a DVD or a Netflix or an app, but that person who you are at odds with, I would encourage you to give them a call. Maybe you don't want to talk to them. Shoot them a text. Maybe you don't want to text them. Send them a Facebook or Instagram or Twitter private message. Oh, it can be private. It can be in public. However you want no, to. No, some things just need to be done in private. Maybe. So for me, I say if the if the situation occurred in public, then you share it in public. Hey, that person, no. person embarrass you in public? Because what <laughs> happens is, well, we all we are professionals. We in the workplace. What typically happens is a person will call you out in a meeting. Or somebody might call you out in the email and they'll CC everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Correct. They're going to hit you with a, oh, this is just between me and you. No, no, no. We're going to back into the email. They need to see my response to you. We're not going to do that. Don't do that. No, EB told them to reach out for reconciliation. Why can't that happen? In public? I agree with EB. Just like your parents would be like, you act up, you get smacked up. If it happens in public, that's it. It doesn't have to. And I see where you're coming from, mm-hmm. Sharika, where like, Hey, if you come at them like that, there probably it won't be no reconciliation. But exactly. also, you came at me in public, and I do need to clarify, Eb, when I said "let it go, let it go," that was rapid fire. I think <laughs> you can let something go, but still know what the facts of the situation were, mm-hmm. and you can still acknowledge yeah. it. Piers Morgan could have made that tweet with no malice in his heart, like, "Man, my boy's dead." The main thing I remember about him, and that's a note to all of us. Think about how you treat people because <laughs> the worst thing you could do to them could be how they remember. You just don't, sometimes going back to self-talk, words matter, words mean things. So you have to keep that mm-hmm. in mind. Did he have to do it that soon? Was it maybe important? <laughs> yes. But does it change the fact that Pierce treated him? I mean, that Larry treated him that way? No. That's true. Yeah, I, I agree with the keep that same energy, but also some things just don't even need to be heard in the light of day it was just like you know let your beef lie like we could talk about it amongst your friends but we you didn't need to tweet the world and then let that be that but now that he's gone it literally is over now so let it go i, I appreciate him better than getting on there and being like fake about 
how their relationship was or, you know, something when people try to clout trace that way. I don't appreciate that. If you're going to say something, I'd rather you keep it honest, but some things just don't even need to be said in, in those times. Sorry, no, we good. hijacked your expounds. No, you're good, you're good. He, um, well, it went into expound into the we recommend, so we're good. <laughs> and it would just be just to reach out to whoever you may or may not have beef with. And I would say don't overthink things that, as well, because sometimes you might think somebody beefing with you. And they probably not even thinking about you. Then you but, look embarrassed. Yeah, and then you just like, what? What are you talking about? My we recommend this week is to reach out to whomever you feel the need to reach out to, whether that's in public, whether that's in private. You do what's best for you. I know if it's me, it's happening in public, and that's why you're gonna see me always <laughs> with these screenshots. That's why you're gonna see me commenting on people's stuff or making my own status, and you're gonna know exactly it's about you. I might not tag you all the time. That's sometimes in poor taste. Cause I'm just like, your, your grandkids don't need to see you in this light. They gonna think of you in a different light, but you gonna know within yourself that I'm talking about you. So that means don't cross Eb because he 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 will let you know and he will have the receipt. You know what? This recommendation was inspired by you, Eb. Don't give up on your resolutions. We at the end of January. You might have fell off. You might have messed up. You might have stumbled. But keep on going. Pick back up whatever you dropped off because you know what? We got several more months ahead of us. You can still be successful. You can still do it. You can still get those pounds off. You can still read those books. You can still change that attitude. You can still do whatever it was that you had intended to do in the new year. You might have slipped up. You might have messed up. You might have forgot that you said you were going to do it, but don't forget it. Remember it. Pick it back up. Try it again. Keep on being persistent because you can make those changes. Last year, EB would be doing a little monthly updates. Like you still got this much time left. You can still do it. And so I wanted to encourage myself because listen, I'm three weeks in. We're trying to be keto. And um, I've had some weak moments, guys. I haven't fallen off, but I've had weak moments. Like that cookie looks so good. Why am I torturing myself here? But I'm like, you know what? I can keep going. I can do this. I can overcome these temporary moments. And a lot of the moments are very temporary. So guys, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Don't stop. Even if you messed up, start again. Don't give up. True, true, true. I have two little recommends. My first one, if you didn't watch the after party from the inauguration, go watch it. The moment when Katy Perry sang Firework, which has always been one of my favorite songs of hers, that was the moment that I cried. And I didn't see it in real time because, you know, I'm old. I go to bed like at nine if I can. 8.30 if it's a good day, honestly. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh, let me see. And she was trending. And when I clicked on her name, I saw that part and I was just bawling. So that's the one. Mm. The two is the Every Dollar Budgeting app. You guys were here. We had a fantastic session with Maggie last week. And because my husband and I had kind of taken some of her advice early on, like before we even got married, we locked into the Every Dollar app. We both have it on our phones and we see our whole monthly budget, everything. We've been doing this for over a year. It has been incredible. It just makes life easy. We put everything in. So you can put in, I want to do 300 for groceries this month, $20 fund money, whatever. And then as soon as I go to the store and I get my nails done or whatever, I take it out and it's right there. So you don't have to be questioning. You don't have to be wondering where you are. If you're still on track is right there on your phone. Every dollar helps you create a monthly budget so you can achieve your money goals. Say goodbye to money stress and hello to confidence in your financial 
future create your first budget in less than 10 minutes it has a free option it has a premium option if you want to connect it to your bank and stuff we don't do that because some of the purchases we make we feel like the card will call it one thing and we really want it to be in this section or whatever but do you i love the every dollar mm -hmm. app it's amazing and lastly some of you have wanted updates on my injuries my leg is still black and blue <laughs> on the right side. And I found a new one on my shoulder the other day. My shoulder was itching. And then I looked and I have like this huge gap. I didn't even know I bounced on my shoulder. <laughs> the scar on my lip, my husband just has one question. When will it go away? <laughs> he keeps looking at it. And he's like, this morning he was like, is that going to be there? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to give it time. When the scab on my knee is gone, we'll see if this like white scar on the top of my lip will be gone. I'm going to give it time, guys. It's going to be gone, girl. It's going to be gone. <laughs> Just let him know. The black skin, it'll come back. It, it comes back. <laughs> you know, we get down to the white meat, but the black skin does come back. <laughs> I'll let him know. That's all, folks. Thanks for another great episode. And as always, if life tries to kick you down make sure you kick back until next week